RadioInfluence.com. You are in the trenches with former Buccaneers offensive lineman Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. Hello, everybody. This is Ian Beckles, and welcome back to In the Trenches. I uh, hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. We had some beautiful weather, so hopefully everybody got a chance to get outside. Um, I was hanging out in Tarpon Springs, so I'll spend some time in uh, the hotel room. Uh, not too much time. I got a chance to get outside. Uh, but I was also inside when I happened to be on the NFL Network and watching some of the shows, and they had this documentary on Vince Lombardi. And uh, we all know who Vince Lombardi is, our Super Bowl trophy, uh, you know, it's Lombardi trophy is kind of a big deal in the NFL. If you don't know anything about him, look him up. But I uh, learned some things about Vince Lombardi that I didn't know. Like, I always knew he was a curmudgeonly old dude who was obsessed with football. And when they say obsessed, they say obsessed. Like, literally, they say he can sit there and teach you one football play for four hours. I mean, that's how obsessed he was with details of football. And that's the way a lot of coaches are these days. Uh, I guarantee Bill Belichick can teach on the basic 3-4 defense for hours because there's a lot to it. A lot of people don't think there's a lot. There's a lot to football and the details. So I thought that was amazing about Vince Lombardi. But the part that uh, it shocked me, but it was enlightening. Um, Vince Lombardi, you know, helped with civil rights. Uh, He was at the time where there was obviously some situations, lack of white relations, uh, there's no there's no whiter city than Green Bay. I don't, I don't think. I mean, it's pretty white. You know, I've been there before. If you've been there before, you can't really deny it. And um, he he stepped up to the plate because it, and this was shocking. And I, I guess this must have been in the 50s, maybe 60s, probably 50s. And there was a black player who had a white wife uh, before Vince Lombardi got to Green Bay. And he not only got blackballed in Green Bay, he got blackballed around the whole NFL because he had a white wife. And when Green, when uh, Vince Lombardi got to Green Bay, there was another player who had a white wife that nobody would deal with. Vince said, I don't give a shit who your wife is. If you can play football, come on my team. And he, only, he not only said that to that young man, he said it to the other young man the year before who got blackballed. He brought him on the team as well. So he's a pioneer with civil rights for me. And this is the part that shocked me. You know, I was in the league when Paul Tagliabue was the commissioner. Now Roger Goodell's a commissioner. And I, I, if you listen to this show, I don't, I hate Roger Goodell because he don't give a crap about the players. Paul Tagliabue, Pete Rozelle was before Tagliabue. And I had, you know, had, I held him to a high esteem. Uh, and they said Pete Rozelle didn't want it. He called up uh, Vince Lombardi and said, this is not what we want in our league. And Vince said, you don't worry about my team. You worry about the other teams. And he went with it. So that's the kind of love. I mean, when I saw that, I was like, okay, it's not just about football. And they said he used to preach team, family, love in your locker room. And those are the kind of things that I think a lot of these modern-day coaches are recognizing. Listen, I had a lot of different coaches, and they coach a lot of different ways. Uh, I don't remember them preaching love. Now, it doesn't mean it's right, wrong, or indifferent. Um Ray Perkins didn't preach love. I don't know what he was preaching, but it wasn't love. Bill Parcells wasn't really preaching love. He was preaching unity and family. 
Not really love, though. It was more more fear. Uh, Tony Dungy, more the family. Ray uh, Ray Rhodes, I don't know what he was preaching. Uh, he was just one of the fellas. And every coach is completely different. So uh, I just wanted to say, you know, that was just, it was enlightening to to see that Vince Lombardi meant that much. Like I said, the civil rights movement as as well as football. We all know that. Now let's get back to what's going on to, uh, these days as far as free agency goes. Next week when I get on this show, we're probably going to know a little bit more about what's going on. You know, there's a date where you're supposed to be able to start calling teams. Let me tell you, the agents call before that, okay? I was a free agent a couple, three years. There was a couple times where my agent talked to teams before that date. People don't care about rules. If you break a rule, they're going to slap you on your wrist and give you a $5,000 fine. They don't give a rat's ass about that. But uh, there's going to be some big-time signings come up. Uh, they say that the, the Cowboys, I guess, offered Dak Prescott, I think it was three years, $105 million guaranteed. Uh, sounds like a lot of money. It is a lot of money. Do you sign it now? No, you don't have to. I mean, that's always going to be there. That's going to be the bottom. That's going to be, you know, there's, there's still room to wiggle, believe it or not. And it's not like he's going to lose any money. And, you know, in order for them to lift the franchise tag, they got to overpay him. And that's just paying him what he deserves, believe it or not. Um, so we'll see what happens there with the whole Dak Prescott thing. Josh uh, Norman just signed with the Bills. Um, and listen, that's going to, all this CBA talk, a lot of that's going to affect maybe any players that had issues with, with drug dependencies. They, they may come on back. You may see Ricky Williams come back. You never know. But in the CBA, uh, the the NFL owners found a way to sprinkle in things to basically round up all most of the players anyways. But let me talk a little bit about, and we're going to go back to the CBA, talk a little bit about Tom Brady, who uh, maybe you know top five most polarizing NFL player in the last couple of decades for because of his greatness, because he's married to a supermodel, you know, he started off from the bottom. Now he's at the top. I mean, it's a great story. Everybody always says, well, the, uh, the Patriots got Tom Brady in the sixth round. No, that was lucky, okay? Let's get this straight. Belichick didn't get Brady in the sixth round because he's a genius. If he would, if you do it over, Tom Brady gets picked first in the draft, okay? That's the way it goes. So he got lucky. But, you know, Tom Brady, is this going to be like him falling and everything else is going to kind of fall in behind him? And he came out and he told people, I think it was Adam Schefter, that nobody knows anything. And I'm happy Tom Brady finally said that. Because when we sit here and listen to all these reports from so-called geniuses telling us where Tom Brady's going to go, he doesn't even know. He might not know. Before you go out, like before you're a college, when you're a high school player and you have five recruiting trips, you may say, I'm going to go to USC. But you might go to Michigan and go, gosh, darn it, this just feels better. He may think he's going somewhere, and he might get his mind changed. I know, personally, odds are he goes back to New England. But, and this is something that I brought up many, many times on our show, we want to believe that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have this great relationship because they win. That's not the way the world works, Okay. Just because you win doesn't mean you have a great relationship. Sometimes it's the other end of the spectrum. You ever watch a documentary on a music band, on bands? They all hate each other, always. You have creative alpha males that are going to bump heads. That's Tom Brady and that's Bill Belichick. 
you sure you're going to see them hugging after a big victory or after they win a championship? That's what everybody does. But that doesn't mean that there ain't egos bumping into each other, you know, behind closed doors. Because, you know, Belichick's, you know, he, he probably thinks it's him and Brady probably thinks it's him. And they're both right. The thing is, Belichick has had success without Brady. When Brady was down, Belichick still had success. So he's thinking, if Tom Brady's not the same player he was, why would I bring him back? I'm not saying he doesn't want him back, but moving on is not the craziest thing in the world. You know, there's rumors of Andy Dalton going over there to New England, and I don't know if that's the right fit, the right fit but, you know, New England has let players go before. Throughout their career, throughout New England and during their time of, you know, being on the mountain, they've let uh, left a lot of players go when it's time for them to go because Belichick and the organization just believe that they're pieces, not great players, and he does whatever is best for the rest of the team, regardless of the player's name, okay? So there's not a lot of teams out there that do it that way, but it's worked for New England throughout the past, and um, I'm curious to see what happens. I can't. I kind of want to see Brady in a different jersey. I just think it would be interesting, okay? It'd be good for the NFL. Um, if Brady puts on a different jersey, whoever it may be, they're going to sell hella jerseys. Uh, everybody's going to want to watch every single game, and he's going to be a guy that people are going to be cheering for 100% or wishing for his demise 100%. But regardless, people are going to be watching Tom Brady, period. So, uh, you know where he falls is going to be is going to be extremely important. Now let's go back to the CBA. Demory Smith came out and said, you know, this is this is a great deal. I think we should sign it. Uh, you know, I've talked about this on air and on this podcast and told you what I think, and I haven't changed my opinion. My opinion is the owners are screwing the players uh, out of what's important, which is money, and they're giving them crumbs. But that's the way of the world. The owners are smart, okay? You have 32 billionaires and dickhead uh, Roger Goodell. Um, they're smart because, you know, there's 1,700 players, all right? So all you need to go need to do is get one over 50%. They've rounded them up. So when you talk about out of 1,700 players, players making close to minimum, they're getting an increase of about $100,000. If you're making $500,000 and somebody wants to give you an increase of $100,000, screw everybody else. Vote yes. So that's probably a quarter of the players right there. Pretty easy. They, When you're making $500,000, you can't worry about other people down the road. You can't worry about that. It's about you. So you got about a quarter of the players just there. I'm going to make probably a 20 25% increase in their salary for doing nothing just signing a paper, they're going to sign it. Then they're talking about uh, taking away drug suspensions. So weed heads and people that enjoy that, they're on. That's, that makes it half right there. Then you have the people that just don't want to stop getting paid. It's, it's going to pass. I mean, I can say whatever I want, it's going to pass. And the, the unfortunate part is a lot of the players that are speaking out against it are the ones that are already established individuals, not even just established football players, but you know, Russell Wilson and Richard Sherman and J.J. Watt and the Pounceys, those are Pro Bowl players, got umpteen millions of dollars in the bank. They don't even need football anymore. So it's easy for them to say, you know, screw the owners, or owners are screwing us, and they are, and the owners know it. But they put enough addendums in that contract to where I don't think it's possible that it doesn't pass. You know what? I hope it passes. For It actually gives some benefits to some former players as well. My pension goes up as li- a little bit. Uh, my little bitty pension, which I'm not complaining about, but kind of. Um, 
but everybody's gonna make out a little bit and the owners make out a lot a lot meaning a hundred million dollars per year per team a lot 3.2 billion dollars more just like that just from signing a piece of paper so they're gonna make out there ain't nothing else we could do about that 17th game that's a done deal I mean, that's a done deal, and if players want to complain about it, they should have complained about that a long time ago because that's pretty much etched in stone. That's that's going to happen, and that money is going to be made, that's for sure. If anybody wants to contact me, it's Ian Beckles at RadioInfluence.com. I uh, enjoy doing this podcast. Football is never going anywhere. There's always a bunch of things happening in the offseason, and listen, free agency's right around the corner, so there'll be a bunch of transactions and uh we got to find out what happens to Tom Brady and Jameis Winston and JPP and Dominican Sue, uh, Shaq Barrett. There's a lot of players on this team that are kind of up in limbo, so we're going to see what happens. But thank you for listening into In the Trenches. Have a wonderful week, and please be safe. Peace out. You have been in the trenches with Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. 